Let's talk now with State Senator Andy Menard joining us this afternoon to discuss this and other key issues. And Senator, thanks for taking the time. Good to talk to you as always. You bet. Thanks for having me, Jim. Well, I uh, I assume you have seen the plan the governor laid out today. He calls it Restore Illinois. Let me get your quick reaction to it. I think it's a big step uh, for the administration to take. It's something that uh, many of us and the legislative branch have been talking about for quite some time. It's good to see metrics, very firm metrics put on any plan. And I appreciate the regional aspect of it because as this continues and it's going to continue, we should be honest about that. Every time we talk about this in public, it's going to continue for months and months, unfortunately. And basing decisions on science and basing decisions on best public health practices is where we should lead. And I think that's where the governor's plan starts. Um, I would hope that he would continue to take feedback. I I have every reason to believe that he will. He has done that thus far. Uh, But it's a big step for the administration, and I welcome it. One early reaction I'm seeing to this, a point of concern, is that the the next phase we can move into, phase three, which could be just a few weeks away, would allow non-essential businesses to return, but doesn't really provide for much in the way of additional daycare, child care. Uh, It says just limited child care uh, with approved safety guidance. A lot of people are concerned they could call back to work but have no place for their kids. Uh, Is that an area where you think this plan could be tweaked in the weeks ahead? Well, I think think we should realistically expect, Jim, it to be tweaked. on an ongoing basis. But again, as long as, and here's where my concern is, and I'll just say it again, as long as it's tweaked based on uh, what are good public health practices and what the data suggests, I'm just fine with that. You know, keep in mind, we just changed course uh, four days ago on May May 1st, where uh, the governor's new executive order went into effect. And there's any number of things that changed uh, that relaxed uh, the order that was in place prior to May 1st. So we're four days into um, a step away from where we were. So this is a phased-in regional approach. It's something that many on both sides of the aisle have been calling for uh, from the General Assembly. It's something that business owners, um, particularly in our area, downstate, have been calling for. So I would expect the ability to change and tweak, and I, I believe there's even sentences in the plan that um, that I've read just in my cursory review here uh, that, that point to just that. It's an evolving thing. It's going to be based on data and science, and I think that's exactly what the governor ought to be doing. Uh, each phase of this has a, a minimum of a 28-day period where we have to see certain trends in terms of uh, hospitalizations and testing rates, etc. So the earliest we could move to phase three would be uh, May 29th. Uh, and at phase three, there's still no dine-in uh, restaurant service. Bars remain closed. And then it's at least another 28 days until we get to phase four. Where we could see bars and restaurants open with capacity limits. So we're talking another two months there for businesses that are barely hanging on as it is. Is is that viable? Is that tenable? I think the alternative is we could do what Georgia has done, right? Or we could do what some other states have done where they, um, you know, they have a public, um, the public perceives that things are open, things are open, but um, customers and individuals don't respond accordingly And what ends up happening, and I think this will unfortunately bear itself out over the coming weeks, is that 
uh, the virus will continue to spread at uh, rates not seen in other parts of the country. So that's the alternative. Um, and there's realistically iterations in between those two things, Jim. Uh, but I think the governor has laid out what I think is a, a, a very good path for us to take. And, and look, nobody likes this situation that we're in. Nobody's enjoying this. I certainly am not. And I haven't met anybody that thinks that uh, what's happening right now, not just in Illinois, but across the country, is anything um, but um, an awful, awful tragedy for our economy and uh, for seniors who were ready to graduate high school in a few weeks and for the lives that we've lost and the lives that have been impacted uh, by, by death. So this is not a, a fun situation, and nobody wants to be where we are, but again, Many called for a regional approach, a phased-in approach, and that's what the governor announced today. The governor also, though, reiterated several times, as did Dr. Izike, that we're not going back to, quote, normal anytime soon until we have a vaccine or an effective treatment. Phase five, where we have, everything just kind of reopens, uh, won't happen until we get to that point. Uh, the, the governor has not wanted to answer this question, but, Senator, realistically, because a lot of folks are wondering about it, events like the Illinois State Fair right here in Springfield, is there any chance we're going to see a state fair in 20? 2020? Um, I, I, I believe there is. It, it's not going to look like um, it's not going to look like what we're used to and what we all enjoy. Um, I would use the analogy of high school graduations. Um, there will be graduation ceremonies. They're not going to be large gatherings. They're not going to be the things that we've uh, become used to and what we expect, unfortunately. But there will be recognition of individual achievement on the part of seniors um, across the state. And uh, the governor recently relaxed um, the guidance that was previously given on that front. So um, is it going to look, if there is a state fair, um, which I hope there is, is it going to look like the one that we, we know and love? The answer is most likely not. Uh, but part of what we have to do is we have to embrace this challenge and we have to proactively think about how we can adjust state government. And that is what happened today in a very, very big way. And undoubtedly, months from now, Jim, in August, and planning leading up to that event, um, that's going to be something that state government at all state agencies on all levels is going to be engaged in. How do we adjust? How do we recognize that the virus is deadly? Now, Jim, keep in mind, on March 4th, there were 158 cases of COVID-19 in the United States. On April the 4th, there were 311,000 cases of COVID-19. On May the 4th, yesterday, there were 1.1 million, 158 to 1.1 million in a matter of 60 days. So this is very much a real thing still. And we just have to figure out ways to adjust with that reality, but not give up things uh, that we know and love and try to strike a balance. And I think that's what the governor was trying to do today. State Senator Andy Menard is here live with us. Senator, I know you're hearing this all the time. We're hearing it from a lot of people. The ongoing problems with the Department of Employment Security trying to uh, put in uh, applications for jobless benefits, receiving those benefits after they've made that application. Uh, and the situation just doesn't seem to be getting better. People are still having trouble getting in. They're not getting their benefits. They can't navigate the bureaucracy. From your perspective, is anything being done to fix this problem? Yes, I think much is being done uh, to fix the problem, Jim. And I and I, I would 
uh, I don't do this often, Jim, but I would slightly disagree with you there. I think things are getting better. They're certainly not to the standard um, that we would all expect, but I actually put out a, a tweet, uh, several tweets uh, last week on this um, that, that I think uh, appropriately put into perspective what uh, the bureaucracy is dealing with. Keep in mind that in the height of the Great Recession in 2009, there were about 101,000 claims um, in, in, the, uh, in the month of the height of that recession. So 101,000 claims per month in 2009 on average. This past month, there have been 700,000. That's just my estimate, by the way. 700,000 claims to the unemployment system in the state at a time when they're spending less money than they have in the past decade and when they have fewer employees than they have ever had. So we have fewer resources, fewer people doing the job, and seven times as much work to do. Um, There is no state in the country that was prepared for what is being dealt to uh, the Department of Employment Security or those like agencies in other states. Um, But I also want to stop there and just take the opportunity to say that the work that the people at IDES are doing, those dedicated public servants, should be recognized as we talk about this. They are being given incredible amounts of work to do. They are sifting through it as fast as they can. Is it fast enough uh, for people that are losing their jobs? Um, Of course it isn't, but that doesn't mean that the people that are working at IDES aren't doing everything that they can. The administration has brought in outside help. Um, They're sifting through um, all of the pieces of the CARES Act, which is an added complication And they are slowly getting through it. And I have confidence that on May 11th, which is about a week away, uh, that that new piece of unemployment, which is for the independent contractors, goes online. Um, That will take a lot of the pressure off of the system. But, Jim, 100,000 claims per month during the height of the Great Recession to 700,000 in the last month. That's, That's incredible, incredible um, growth, and I think they're doing the best they can right now. It, it drives home the point that there's going to be a lot of demands on state government in the months to come, but we're also going to have billions of dollars less revenue to fund those government operations. Uh, Senator, I put this question to any number of lawmakers and to the governor several times, and I cannot get an answer from anybody. Maybe you can. Where do we cut in the budget, the proposed budget for next year, and for that matter, the current budget for this fiscal year, to make up for that massive revenue shortfall? What has to go out of that budget? Well, let me, let's start where we just left off. Uh, the Department of Employment Security has fewer employees than they have in the past, uh, in the past decade, 1,000. They had 1,500 back in 2008. They have 1,000 today. That's a trend uh, that you could say has happened throughout state government. We've seen it in our local economy in Springfield, what the impact of fewer state employees means for the local economy. We have fewer state employees per capita than any other state in the country, Jim. So, so it's not like we're going to go find a whole bunch of savings by cutting uh, the number of state employees that are employed by state agencies, regardless of whether that agency is in Springfield or in some other part of the state. So I will just say this. We're not going to cut our way into solving this problem. It is not possible, let alone passable. I'm going to say that one more time. We're not going to get through this with cuts alone. It is not possible and it is not passable. So passable meaning through the General Assembly, in my opinion. So we have to find some other ways to do this. And I think we also have to recognize that while 
um, while things aren't um, going to change immediately for the better, I think we can reasonably expect that this is going to be at least a one-year challenge, um, possibly uh, a two-year challenge, an 18-month challenge. So we have to plan not short-term and make foolhardy decisions. We have to plan long-term, and that, that requires us to look beyond just the coming fiscal year when we're, when we're putting a budget together, which we're doing right now. If it's not cuts alone, uh, that suggests revenue. Some of that could come from the federal government, but they're attaching a lot of strings to their help right now, at least according to the president. Uh, are there other revenue sources that you think are uh, passable uh, through the General Assembly and tolerable for the public? You know, I think that's going to be hard as well. And, and you just mentioned one of the biggest pieces of this puzzle is going to be help from the federal government. And my position on that is simple. I just want Illinois to get its fair share for once. We're a donor state to the federal government. We pay more in taxes to Washington than Washington brings uh, gives gives to Illinois. So I don't want anything special. I just want what every other state um, gets. And once we have that piece of the puzzle settled, I think the answer to the cuts question and to the revenue question are going to be much more clear than they are today. Senator, um, one last quick question uh, while we're talking about the uh, the problems with the state budget. You've advocated actually for spending more on public health departments around the state. Uh, how much more and what would that money be used for? Uh, we're proposing, downstate Democrats and the senator proposing doubling state support for local public health departments. And we think, Jim, this is a, a, a very important piece to reopening the economy. Public health departments are where the rubber meets the road in local communities. It's not, and this is not, I'm not knocking the Illinois Department of Public Health. They're doing good work each and every day. We see that. But the rubber meets the road with local public health departments. And those local public health departments have to be fully staffed and fully resourced so that as this virus continues the ebb and flow of disease spread, which is going to be happening for months to come, those local public health departments have to be in a position to be able to respond appropriately immediately. That's going to require more resources. And we think that's a good place to start for uh, getting to those outer phases in the governor's plan. Public health departments have to have resources in order to respond to outbreaks and in order to respond to public health crises as we go into, I would say, the later summer or early fall months. State Senator Andy Minar, we always appreciate your time. Lots more we can talk about, but we're out of time for now. We'll talk again soon. Thanks. You bet. Thanks, Jim.